0: The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is
1: advised. Turn us on and the satisfaction's guaranteed. Frank Discussion with Passion on CJD 800. Coming up after 10.15, our therapists will join me as we discuss uh, your uh, mental health. So if there are issues you're having... You want to speak about your mental health in general and I know a lot of people are struggling especially with these new announcements it's like oh we thought it was going to be like over soon and then now back it's like a couple steps forward more backwards it gets to be very anxiety provoking so our therapists will be here on standby to help uh, all of us um, manage navigate through through this we'll talk about self-care and why that's really really important and how to reach people who seem to have covid fatigue which is maybe what has led to this new wave not sure but we uh, will certainly talk about that but first time to check out our
0: inbox your texts are always welcome connect with passion at 514-800
1: Remember, you can always send me your uh, emails as well to laurie at drlaurie.com. This one by email. Uh, Dear Dr. Lori, I guess I would still be considered a new listener, but I have quickly become a big fan. Uh, I have watched your podcast and whatever else I could find. All very interesting. I ordered your book from Amazon and looking forward to reading it. I think it is wonderful how people message and text with comments, even though not all so nice. I am so happy I found you already. Your show has cleared up a few things that bothered me about me. I'm still working up the courage to buy a replacement toy. So embarrassing. And I'm the shy type. Any suggestions? No, no online shopping. This is the type of thing you need to see in person. Well, yes and no. So uh, wellandgood.com, if you go to that website, which is a a website I really like for their quality information, uh, they did an article after interviewing me and we talked about uh, the top picks for solo sex toys and it has the name of names of the companies and and where you can get them and you could order them online these are high quality like you don't have to feel the quality you can trust me these are good quality uh, toys you want to buy high-end stuff not uh, not cheap stuff so um, I think you could go online uh, I'm not sure I mean you could go to Uh, a sex boutique there's the big one called seduction on the 40 eastbound Uh, that's if you want to shop around there i know that uh, the people who work there are uh, generally uh, very uh, learned in terms of sexuality many of them have studied sexuality so it's something is certainly a place that you can go and check it out just to tell you that you have a following in Kanawaki. I listened to your show at work with headphones on when not taking calls myself. I was in the dollar store today, picking up some chocolate to take to work to snack on. Someone said there should be a different name for the baby boomer show. And here I am munching on M&Ms. How does this strike you? Lori's M&Ms. Oh, because of Mark and Mallory. Mhm. Uh, when your show ends, my shift ends. Well, happy shift. Uh, somebody else texted in a site called pinkcherry.ca is a great sex toy website. It actually is. Uh, we've had uh, them sponsor our, sh- our show with prizes and such in the past, so pinkcherry.ca. Uh, somebody says, I've always ordered my toys from there and they have quite the range. So uh, thank you for that. That's uh, that's good advice. Hello, Dr. Lori. How to get rid of porn videos safely making sure it doesn't end up in the wrong hands i have no idea what you're talking about exactly are you talking about videos of yourself that you posted like i'm not savvy enough with the internet i know we have plenty of listeners in it and and such who might be able to help so uh, is it because they're on your devices or you have launched them into cyberspace? They're out there somewhere, these videos, and you want to take them down. I, I'm, I'm really not sure what you mean by that. So if they're on your device, they're also, I suppose, on your cloud. Anybody in IT listening, how does a person get rid of porn videos safely? I'm assuming they're self-porn like uh, that you make of yourselves, you can, you can check that. I do know that, for example, there are uh, websites like Pornhub that people upload their stuff. And what has, what does happen sometimes is videos get uploaded and without necessarily the consent of the other person in the party to that video. But if you find out, they will take it down. Like if you see a video there, they will take it down so there is a way in, tar- in, in terms of that somebody says start by clearing your browsing history if that's the concern oh so you're right maybe um are you worried because somebody in your household might uh, might see it or might catch it so deleting your your history good idea another text the reality is once you've uploaded something It's there for life. So it's there somewhere, right, for life. And I think that's a really important message to put out there because a lot of people make videos for themselves and then they break up and that video goes somewhere and we hear enough stories of revenge porn um, which is what people do, right? If they've made videos or, or taken uh, nudie pictures of each other for each other when their relationship was good and everything was fine, and then they break up, where do those pictures land up? Who has them? And uh, especially the videos. If somebody is smart enough, they could uh, dig it up, I guess, even if you thought that you uh, you got rid of it. So thank you, uh, our IT people here for Weighing in on this, uh, yay! I love the Boomer show. You guys are the best. I do. Do you think millennials and teenagers today wish they lived as teens in the '70s? I I wonder if people even think about that. I know that there are plenty of min- millennials who enjoy the music of the '70s for sure. I don't know if they would have wanted to live back then with no cell phones, no internet, no video games, Uh, ask them. uh, My guess would be no, they would not. They could not see themselves living without all of these devices and all of these ways of, I'm gonna say connecting slash not connecting, right? If you're willing to put a naked video of yourself online, then it's out there forever from another person. Email, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, you name it, those are all considered uploads. Uh, another text, I was just a little bit too young for the 70s, but I know I would have loved it born in 66. I i was only a child in, in the 70s. I graduated high school in 1981. So I was like a preteen in, in the 70s with the Osmonds and, and things like that. And I remember them as Glorious years. They were great, uh, great years. I don't know if I'd want to go back there, but nonetheless, uh, Doctor. I hope that listener can specify precisely what form of porn videos he or she is talking about. Can't say much until then. Uploaded videos. Oof. Just hope that nobody keeps up viewership of those videos going for long and they fade away from public interest. Another one, if DVDs simply break them. If on your PC, write down file name, delete file, go to trash, empty trash bin. Now the files are never really gone unless the disc is formatted. Here's the trick, take a video of anything, name it exactly of the video you deleted, delete that file, now old file is overwritten. Wow, that's like a whole other language to me. Uh, wrong. I love the seventies without fast connections. Face to face is best. Yeah. For a lot of people, um, we would have done just fine without all of those, uh, connections coming up. Our therapist panel joins me. We'll talk about yours, ours, uh, mental health, a safe place to work out the kinks in any relationship. It's passion with CGAD 800's Dr. Lori Batito. It is our therapist panel tonight on the program, and it couldn't have come at a better time. Uh, we have a lot to cope with right now. I know it was like when we heard the announcement today, my, my daughter called me and she was supposed to come in from Toronto to uh, visit us. And she's like, oh no, I won't be able to come to to come to Montreal. And it's like, it, it just went right to the heart. It's like, oh no, 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 no. You try to be hopeful. You try to stay hopeful. And then you get this kind of, um, you know, this kind of news, and then you kind of fall back into, oh boy, how long is this going to go for? So let's talk about our mental health. How are you guys doing? This is what seven months in now. Uh, I want to hear how you're coping. I want to hear if you've got COVID fatigue, uh, what you're dealing with around you, and uh, if there are some, co- if there are ways that we can help you. We will do that. Joining us tonight is Stefan Ben Susan, who is a health psychologist and founder of PsySanté in the West Island. Hi, Stefan.
2: Hey, Laurie. Hi, everybody.
1: Hi, and Rebecca Puterman, who is a psychotherapist. She specializes in the treatment of anxiety, depression, and grief. Hi, Rebecca. Hi, good evening. All right, so I wonder where uh, we should begin. I, I did get a couple of text messages that or uh, emails that I wanted to share with you. It just, just to, to show the, I guess, the degree of, of what, how people are in fact coping. Uh, hello, Dr. Laurie. I just got off the phone with my adopted grandmother. So, just as a background, this person has been um, writing to us regularly, but she met up with a, um, she was being kind to, to a neighbor, an elderly neighbor, so she calls her her adopted grandmother now, who lives up the street. She was talking to her daughter and her, and her Thanksgiving weekend with her daughter, which I was invited to, has been canceled. They do not live close by and she is heartbroken. I told her we will celebrate together here. I will make a turkey with all the fixins and we'll coordinate and FaceTime with her daughter on my tablet. She did not say yes, but did not say no. I know she is not the only one that is affected, by the latest announcement, but she was crying. She went on to say all her old social activities have stopped since last March. She is tired of this. All she has is me, one other friend her age who has tea with her sometimes. I don't know what to do. Again, right? It's not knowing and and kind of being stuck somewhere. Here's another one. Dr. Laura I'm writing this from the hospital parking lot while my wife is in with her mom my wife's mother was admitted at 2 a.m. because she took a wrong medication she'll be okay and will be released tomorrow we are a young couple and we both love your show and we've learned uh, and if we learned anything from your show in the last few months it's that we have to be more attentive to the elderly. Her parents are baby boomers and in fairly good health. Your last baby boomer show, you all sound so young that we even we millennials could relate. Her mom is on heart medication and both her parents are on medication for arthritis. With the pandemic, we have not been visiting much and with us both running a company, phone calls are not always daily. They are both considered high risk for COVID but this new normal is the cause of our neglect. It is not only the elderly over 75 we need to watch out for but our parents as well. We millennials take too much for granted, and for us, this was a wake-up call. The pandemic has been hard on them, few visits, restricted outings, and now with the second wave and colder weather, they are more alone than ever. Is it too much trouble to pick up the phone for two minutes just to say, hi, how are you, I love you and miss you? Family comes first, my company second. In these uncertain times, we all better get back to the family first way of thinking. So that's pretty powerful stuff. Uh, It goes to show you how people are having uh, difficulty coping. I don't know what you're seeing. Rebecca, what what are you seeing in your practice?
0: Uh, You know, interestingly enough, I find when the pandemic first hit in March, uh, people were a bit anxious and obviously overwhelmed with the changes in their life and worrying about money and finances and Then everyone started getting used to it. But what I'm really noticing, I guess it's been two, three weeks now with, you know, this weekend was lovely because the weather was warm. Right. But about two, three weeks ago, I started noticing a lot of people coming back saying, like, I'm depressed or I'm not happy. I just don't know what's wrong. And the biggest thing for me is the the lack of pleasure. There's almost very Mm -hmm. little fun. There's almost very little pleasure available to us. Hmm. Because, and especially when it got cold, you know, people were getting together in yards. But in the past two, three weeks, short of this weekend, when it was getting cold, people were stopping to do that. And it was like, uh-oh, what's coming? Right. And I am seeing more more symptoms of sadness, not necessarily depression. People are still going to work for those who are keeping their jobs and people are trying to do their best to maintain their mental health. But more sadness than the anxiety, actually. Mm -hmm. And I I mean, what I'm trying to do is help people reframe to what pleasure is, because there is very little. So I'm encouraging a lot of people to connect, to join, like, you know, this woman, if her neighbor can has a tablet or exercise, I found for a few people, exercise online for seniors, yoga on chairs. I mean, there are different things available out there, but you have to make an effort to look for it because a lot of people have switched their whole life online. Yes. So it's not the same and we don't hug and we're not kissing. And of course, with the restrictions today, you know, so sad your daughter can't come in from Toronto, maybe. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, won't see my and, parents again. We're yeah, we exactly. just speaking to them, and they're saying sorry. We won't even be coming outside; like we're not comfortable anymore, and exactly. we're going to pay like, attention to this. And they're not hard even, hard. yeah, they don't even want to go back to the store for any shopping. So yeah. they feel like they've been uh, pushed back. And of course, now with the cold weather, it's a lot of isolation. Stefan, what are you seeing?
2: Well, I, I, I tend to agree with what was already shared. I feel a lot of powerlessness, actually. Mm -hmm. Uh, people feeling really, really tired of this, and and they don't know what to think anymore. They don't know if this is real. They don't know if this is a conspiracy. Mm. Uh, I have a few clients who are believing that this is not a real thing, even though the numbers, obviously, are are completely different and real. They're they're choosing not to believe this, And, and so they're conflicted because their family members are following this, and they don't want to, and they feel like being brainwashed and stuff. And so there's conflict there, there's conflict. And then I see other people who are just, like, they're grinding it out, right? The teachers, the healthcare workers, mm-hmm. um, the people who have to be in the front line um, just feel kind of really overwhelmed and not feeling very well supported by, by the government and, and their words. And, and so that creates a sense of, like, do I really have to continue? Can I take a leave of absence? Um, so I am following a few healthcare workers who are just they just can't do it anymore.
1: And, really? And,
2: and unfortunately that's gonna put more pressure on the other one. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's that's the reality. I think it depends on the pockets of population. I think in, in the student population there's a there's a mixed bag. I have some students that couldn't care less about this and they don't think it's real and it doesn't change anything in their lives. <laughs> and then others <laughs> And were, there's were, the problem. Well, that's one of the problems, I think. Right. And then there's the other ones who just are so scared of everything that they don't go see their friends. They hide at home and they avoid going out. They avoid everything and they're just really paranoid. So there's, there's a mixed bag, I believe, of people out there with different perceptions of what's going on and, mm. and obviously different behaviors.
1: Maybe you can explain from just a psychological point of view and especially mm-hmm. the people you see who who do believe that this is all a conspiracy and a mind game and the government trying to control us like what do you well, make of that
2: well i'm still trying to figure it out but from what i see the few clients that are going through that i mean they they come from a, a place where parentally their their parents were very authoritative and they made decisions and imposed things on them and mm. had a strict upbringing and so they're kind of rebelling back against the government rebelling back against the source of authority just like they would rebel back against their parents when they were younger. So it could be those who didn't get a chance to express their, their rebellious streak. So didn't go through that teenage year rebellion uh, that are that's expressing themselves a little bit later in, in that kind of way. So that's my theory. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's not proven or anything. But no, but reaction.
1: it's what you see, right? You're able to see That's what I've
2: helped people with is like, maybe you're rebelling against your, <laughs> your father instead of rebelling against your father. You know, society that's being expressed this way, but really you should be expressing this to your your inner father, and so we, we work on that from from that perspective, and that right. seems to be helping some of those individuals.
1: Right. Well, I think we we need to put a lot in in the perspective. We need to look at the science, of course, and see what's happening. And the the government is not acting. This is not what they want. This is what right. has to be done. Clearly, we're seeing it all over the world, the same the same reactions all over the world. So, you know, it can't be a,
2: it's not well, just our people,
1: government, right?
2: <laughs> one million people across the world died today, you know, as of today. So, exactly. Yeah. I, and,
0: and I I actually think when our government actually comes out, when Legault comes out and tells us the new restrictions, I don't think he's any happier about it than anyone else. Like I, I really think he feels bad and i think that what he's been trying to do for the past three four weeks and asking people to be more vigilant to be more aware of consequences because he didn't want to have to do this because i think he feels terrible i think i don't think anyone feels good in any of this actually i and i
1: agree but except that if then the, there's so many people still out there who are refusing to wear masks or who like you walk by any high school today and, mm-hmm. and I've, I walk by a, a numerous high schools, and they're hardly any mask wearing. They're in small – they're in groups. They're breathing on top of each other. There's no social distancing. None of that is happening. Mm-hmm. And it, it's kind of scary, actually, because aren't these then what's called the super spreaders? It's the, the students who – I just heard a story, which you might find interesting, but – we have a friend who was like, uh, who was just uh, tested positive for COVID, and he was trying to figure out, well, where did I get it? I don't, I don't really go anywhere. I don't really do anything. And we asked him, well, what, what do you, what do you usually do? Like, what's your day? And he says, well, I only play hockey like once a week or something. And so it turns out that one of the guys on the hockey team, his child uh, got it from school, brought it home, asymptomatic, and this player, and these are all old timers, right? They're all in their fifties gave it to eight of the teammates. So they all got it pretty much eight out of 10 of them. So, you know, like it's not things that you really think about because you may be careful, but who are you, who are you exposed to? So these are some of the things that, and maybe we need to tell more of these stories so that younger people understand that even if they don't get sick, they can get other people sick. Because there's, we have to, and maybe when we come back, we could talk about this. Like, how do we, how do we get through that, that uh, shield of invincibility that mm-hmm. a lot of young people feel, which is maybe leading to this uh, second wave, if you will. We'll find out that plus our stupid st- sex story of the night after we check in with our CJD 800 newsroom. The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. From the pleasure and the politics to the hangups and the heartbreak, you're listening to Passion, CJD 800. Before we continue with all the seriousness that our therapist panel usually brings to the table, especially around this time, let me share with you a stupid sex story. Uh, couples are now pursuing genital matchmaking, cosmetic surgery to improve their quarantine sex lives. I kid you not—that was the uh, the headline. A British surgeon has a solution for amorous couples seeking that quote perfect fit to improve their lovemaking. Dr. Lucy Glancy, a cosmetic surgeon and founder of the Glancy Medical Associates in the UK, said that the pandemic lockdown has seen a surge of couples signing up for her clinic's genital matching treatment think about it for a minute Uh, according to the daily mail glancy believes that the penis and vagina matchmaking procedure can improve people's sex lives by increasing friction which plays a vital role in increasing the pleasure that comes with orgasm does she not know or get that 80 percent of women don't don't orgasm through intercourse alone this is uh, somebody who does not know only knows how to make money but doesn't really know all the facts She says, men who frequently masturbate find it difficult to climax during intercourse with a woman because they are used to producing a perfect fit of their hand, which fits like a glove over the penis compared to being with a female partner. Over the years, the penis does not change significantly in terms of thickness. However, the vagina does. And that could be due to two main reasons. We uh, pregnancy, vaginal birth. We talked about that before Uh, she said that the second reason could be the man's age the relaxation of the ligaments and thinning of vaginal walls bringing overall relaxation therefore couples now are more educated about what makes them enjoy their sex life even more and one of the things they seek is that perfect fit like a glove on your hand or a key in a keyhole if the problem lies in the girth of the penis it can be solved with the use of filler or using fat from the patient's own body. Okay, so there's uh, all these things, but she talks about procedures for females, uh, vaginal tightening, surgical labiaplasty, creating designer vaginas, looking tidy on the outside, no protrusions. Anyway, she, uh, she says this latest trend in cosmetic surgery, genital matchmaking, is saving marriages because couples who have good sex will stay together despite their differences in other areas. This woman has not been in a therapist's office ever. (laughs) Like to, to be able to make a statement like that and that's why it's stupid sex news. Anyway, moving on to some more serious uh, topics. We have Stefan Susan, who's a health psychologist. He's the founder of santé in the West Island. We have Rebecca Putterman, who is a psychotherapist, specializes in the treatment of anxiety and depression and a grief counselor as well. And myself, special, I specialize in sex and marriage uh, counseling. So I've got a few texts here that I want to share because we've been talking about uh, COVID fatigue, this new announcement. Uh, being young and feeling invincible has been going on forever. There is no way to change it. It is just part of a young mind. Even you and your guests lived it. Pro- you're probably right, but in situations like this, we need to be able to reach people, right? So people spend a lot of money on advertising for to the young, about not smoking, this is your this is drugs, this is your brain, your brain on drugs. Like we need to do more maybe, I don't know. I don't know if it will help, but it might help some. Now, both of you have uh, young people, young kids, right? Well, not young kids, but I mean like uh, adolescent age kids, (laughs) teens and preteens. I'm wondering how, what you're seeing and their circles, Rebecca, you've got four. So what's going on in their circles?
0: I would say that my oldest, who's university age, she probably hasn't left the house in a few months to <laughs> <Okay. laughs> Uh, She's taking this very serious and is quite upset that what she's seeing is a lot of her friends not taking it seriously ah, okay. and going out to bars on Saturdays and going out to parties and... Uh, It's actually what some of them have said, because some of them are even away at school, not far, but two hours away, saying, let's all get COVID tests, prove that we're negative, and then just get together. Mm -hmm. So there's no real um, rule following. And, you know, they don't have a problem moving cities and coming here back and forth. So she's pretty upset. And then my other teenagers are in high school, and they're actually wearing their masks through the classes, even though they're not mandated to, but I've asked them to, okay. and they're taking it serious. Up until now, they've been fortunate to see their grandparents, and of course, with new restrictions, that will change likely. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I, I, I think they have friends who take it serious, who don't wear masks in classes, even though, I mean, it's not mandatory anyways, you know? Right. But I think it varies, and when my kids see people who don't take it serious, and, you know, it's upsetting to them. It's upsetting to me. It's upsetting to them because, you know, parents may have companies and they, they're dealing with layoffs. I have a cousin who's dealt with a lot of layoffs, and he's really upset laying off people, but his daughters are partying in bars on the weekend. So, right. you know, it's really like you, you can't have it all. Like send your kids away to school, but then if you're upset with layoffs, don't send your kids away to school and keep them home on the weekend.
1: Right.
0: And it's upsetting. because like But said, try to
1: keep a kid home who's in her – late teens or early yeah, adulthood, well, mine, you mine know? Too. I mean, you you're can, yeah, like,
0: yeah, I, I, I guess I am, but my kids think about community, the health of the whole community. And that's the whole thing. Right. Cause I think that that's what we're talking about.
1: But I have a it's, friend it's... who has a 25 year old living at home and they, they finally had to lay down like the law and the an ultimatum. If you're going to go out and party as you're doing you cannot live here. That's Sorry. So take your pick. Help. That's right. Take your pick. Either move out and do what you want to do or live here but follow follow the rules right. that we have set out because we care. Uh, what right. about you, Stefan? How, how are the, your kids managing?
2: Well, so I have one in university and one in CJEP. And uh, they're both quite responsible and they're both social distancing and being careful. They do have a bubble of uh, three to four friends that they see on and off. And they've chosen those friends because they know that they're responsible and that they do wear masks in public, that they, they're not, you know, gallivanting and going to bars. So they don't get together in bars, they get together in parks and they do things, you know, bike riding and outdoor activities, mm-hmm. uh, social distancing and, uh, and backyards and things like that. So they've been pretty respectful. Um, my daughter's more anxious, I would say, about this whole thing. Um, she's being very, very careful and very upset at anybody who's not being careful. Right. In fact, uh, today we had to write a note to her teacher, um, CJEP teacher, because uh, she's in science. So all her classes are a- online. Okay. And her French class is online. But she has a French test that she has to go into college for just to do. And they have to get together in an auditorium to fill out a questionnaire. Uh, wow. To use her test. So it's like if you can do science online, why can't you do a freaking yeah. French test online? <laughs> so she's really upset. So we we told her we're supporting her, and she's not going in just to do that test. And we asked the teacher for any alternative kind of scoring uh, things. She can do any exams or any other kind of right. you know, assignments. But
1: I think I'll, I think a lot of parents are struggling right now with that balance, right? And hoping, right. praying that they get their messages out like they're getting the message out and that their kids are paying attention. But of course, you know, just take a walk in front of a high school at lunchtime and go see if they really are <laughs> like, that's a whole other, a whole other thing. I got a couple of texts here, uh, getting on a bus or Metro with adolescents who feel unaffected by COVID and therefore lower their masks on public transit is impossible. They are holding the rest of us hostage. Older adults who don't have a car can hardly go anywhere. We need undercover enforcement of mask laws. So people feel unsafe, and it, yeah. those few make the rest right. feel very, very. Uh, unsafe. Uh, About 30 high school kids came on an already crowded bus on my way home today. This is what I don't understand, like public transit. Of course, they wore masks while aboard, but didn't and couldn't distance from one another or from anyone else. An illustrative and slightly concerning situation about how the virus has spread so widely in urban or suburban Quebec the past few weeks. I had a client tell me,
0: I had a client tell me that he went up to the mountain to have a little get together with friends and where the Tam Tams are on Park Avenue, it was full out, hundreds of people dancing, grinding up against each other. Oh, wow.
1: And no one was wearing a mask. Wow. How how does everybody else feel about- Not teenagers. No, that's adults too, of course. How does everyone else feel about COVID uh, fatigue? Let's talk about this. Passion with Dr. Lori Batito on CJAD 800. Our therapist panel tonight on the program Stefan Betsusen, a health psychologist, founder of Psi Santé in the West Island, and Rebecca Putterman, who is a psychotherapist specializing in the treatment of anxiety and depression and grief. Stefan also works with mindfulness, meditation, all the things that we actually need right now. Uh, it's a good time to start learning a lot of techniques. Like we talked about the invincibility. Let's talk about, we can talk about the the COVID fatigue, which I think leads people to be less strict maybe or less careful. But, uh, and we've talked about that over the last few months. One of the things that we can also address is the zoom fatigue you know it might be zoom facetime whatever it is when many of us are are doing most of our work now on a screen and um what that can do to your brain and as a health psychologist i'm sure you've had to deal with this and maybe you can address that with us uh, since you're the best place for that
2: Well, the Zoom fatigue is real. I mean, I I feel it after a few sessions back to back with clients. Mm -hmm. um, And I know a number of people who are working from home. uh, We're lucky enough to be able to work at a clinic right now and see people live at a distance. But uh, those who stay at home are are really lucky and unlucky at the same time. The Zoom fatigue, I find is is draining because you see the people and you feel like you're there you're connected but there's a there's an artificial barrier there there's an energetic blockage that's Mm -hmm. happening there Um, plus you're getting a lot of blue screen time which isn't very good for the brain Um, so it does tire us Uh, we have to make sure that we have to keep a balance and we're not stuck on the screen all day long we need to be able to get out and go for a walk we need to go and do some gardening or do something outside even if it's the weather's not cooperating. we have to get outside to just get a touch of reality because sometimes we we get stuck in this alternate world online and then we we lose sight of what's real and what's not real. Funny, right. funny enough.
1: No, it, it's true and and it becomes difficult because your focus is also your focus is different, right? When you're having meetings on Zoom versus meetings in in a in a, a room, your fo- your focus now is like you've got all these windows opening. Everybody has a different background we don't realize what that does i know that it tires me out you know when we're in the office we have one background and the people change (laughs) now we have people changing and backgrounds changing so it just makes it that much more uh, fatiguing so i i know that everybody i think is experiencing some of that so some of the coping And I think some of these strategies are very important. Like you should, everybody should take a break just to get some fresh air, even if it's for uh, a few minutes, you know. Maybe you have more flexibility because you're at home. For some people, some people are working even more than they've ever worked because they're at home and they're shaving off two hours of of commute (laughs) every day.
2: Yeah, that's a great point that you're making because people feel like they have more time on their hands. So they are actually... Feeling more productive and on the screen more often, but they don't get out. They don't get in their cars. They don't go out for walks. They don't, you know. Sometimes they work through their lunchtime. Yeah. And 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 then just barrel through the day. And at the end of the day, they're just like, you know, their the neurons aren't firing anymore. It's <laughs> just ready for bed.
1: Yeah, that's so, quite I think
2: true. So that that goes in, into what Rebecca was saying about people not feeling that sense of pleasure and, and joy anymore because there's there's nothing. They're just robots you know, and I feel we're, we're, we're kind of dulling our senses as
0: a result of this. And that's a big part of what the students who are online all day long doing. Mm. Unfortunately, they're not meeting like, you know, starting university, you know, my daughter just started and she doesn't know anyone in her class, you know, and it's hard. She would have liked to have met her teachers or she doesn't know anybody. And she's just listening to recordings for Mm. hours all day, not even a person necessarily. Oh, wow. So it's, (laughs) difficult you know so i think like i can i can understand why the kids are getting out and wanting to play and party after i get it
1: that's true
0: because it's very hard they're having no contact right but again changing the way we see things and i think i said this one or two shows ago short-term pain for long-term gain i think we have to sacrifice a little bit more and unfortunately of our time of our and and it's difficult because no one likes to do that. I don't like to do it either.
1: Like no, none of us do. You know, uh, for sure. So in terms of coping strategies, I know, Rebecca, you work a lot with cognitive behavioral therapy, which is about changing your mindset. And attitude has a lot to do with how we how we cope. So what are some of your recommendations?
0: So uh, a lot of what I'm telling people and expressing to people, is that this is temporary and have it helping them realize this is temporary, even though it feels and it might be a really long temporary, right? <laughs> but it's a temporary situation. Um, and I do believe that, and just the same way, you know, I, I'm not loving the winter. And as we head into October, I sort of like, okay, by December 21st, the days get longer. I can't wait. Like, even though we just started fall. Christmas I'm just is coming. To, like,
1: look forward to something yeah, to me, good. I follow, like Winter's <laughs> over
0: already. I'm so excited, you know? I sort of begin to try to balance if I'm going to be negative I really just try to also give a balanced way of thinking of positivity so I'm not into necessarily all positive because it's really hard to be positive right now but I'm reminding myself all the time of gratitude and I really do have a list of gratitudes that I think like I say to myself
1: right. throughout
0: the day eating like I can't control what others are going to do or what happens but I can control how I eat like Stefan and making sure you get outside and go for a walk. I can control that. I can enjoy the leaves changing. I can enjoy very few things maybe, but I can still enjoy doing some exercise and talking to a friend and, you know, just seeing us on Zoom here with, mm-hmm. you know, I mean the audience doesn't see us, but just seeing us as pleasurable, like things like that give, we have to find a lot of uh, good highs from what used to not be, feelings but right, right now they have to be because we have to do that on a day-to-day basis if well, I we want to get through this
1: i think appreciating the those small moments that yeah. we tend not to when we're in a more of a rat race feeling and that comes with for me anyway it was the commute i could be on the road back yeah. and forth, back and forth, you know, multiple times in the day, going into the station, coming back home, going to the office, coming back home. And so I would spend at least two hours of my day in the, yeah. in a commute, which now I can, I, it's like, I just realized this the other day, just today, actually this morning, I was like, you know what? I have a lot of, I have extra time. Like, yeah. I, how come I've been able to do like, you know, I was thinking, how, how am I doing all my crafts and my artwork and I'm thinking that's because I'm not commuting. <laughs> so that's I'm right. grateful for that. You know, you have to be grateful for some of these things. Uh, Stefan, what what are some coping strategies you can recommend, especially when it comes to mindfulness?
2: Well, there's a couple that I work with with my clients. And I, I, I tell people, how often in your lifetime have you actually had to stop and stay home and, and force not to work at the office? <laughs> you know, it doesn't happen very often. So no. let's, let's use this time in a positive way. and Let's, let's make use of it. Let's turn this. The difficult time into an opportunity for, for developing our creative talents, for example, or a project mm-hmm. that we've always wanted to do that we haven't had the time to do, or clearing up, or purging, or taking care of things that we've always wanted to do, finishing up that book, or Doing another sculpture or doing
1: some of those check, things that check, we, check, we love check. to do. <laughs> I'm running out of things to, you? to do. <laughs> <laughs> Come up, clean do. my for to you? <laughs> no. <laughs> That's not true. I, you know what? I I do have to share. I did do something, and I must. I'm patting myself on the back because I got it accomplished. I've been meaning to do it for about 15 years now, and I finally did it. I had a closet full of my kids' artwork since they were one. You know, like the, the, everything. I ke- I was the kind of person that kept everything. And I was like, box, so much. I finally sat down and took a picture of each piece of art for each kid. I hope they're not listening because it's going to be their uh, holiday gifts. But And then I created albums for them of all of their, Great. so that everything is compact in an album. There you go. And I threw everything out. <laughs> I threw <Right>. everything out. <laughs> That's amazing. And that felt good. That actually yeah. felt good. Yeah. So uh, if anybody wants a little, you know, something, if they have kids, that's a, a really fun little project that you always put off. Like you always tend to put these things off. Uh, anyway, thank you so much, uh, guys, for being here, for being here for the population as well, because all of us as healthcare or, or mental healthcare workers, we're also on the front lines Getting all of the um, the phone calls and and and, uh, and seeing clients and stuff. So I appreciate what you do and thank you very much, uh, Stefan. If people want to get in touch with you,
2: so through the website psante.com, p-s-y-sante.com. Otherwise, five one four five four two six eight eight eight.
1: Wonderful, Rebecca. What about you? 514-402-5526. I want to thank you so much uh, for being here, and I just want to share a couple of texts here. Uh, it's temporary, true, but even as a fairly patient and easygoing guy in my late 50s, I have to say I'm fed up with this COVID stuff. Uh, and mm-hmm. uh, someone else says, I know some people who call me a sheep for believing COVID exists and for following the protocols. These people are the reason we need strict enforcement. Yeah, I think as uh, people on... a different sides of the fence, unfortunately. Uh, thank you all for joining me tonight. I uh, really, truly appreciate it. I hope we could, uh, we were of some help to some of you. Uh, remember, you can always reach out to me by email to laurie at com. Thank you so much to Dave Simon, our technical producer tonight. If you want to connect with me on social media, it's at Batito through the website, com, where you can also find the podcasts of all the past shows as well. Coming up next here on CJD, we bring you the CTV National News. Have a wonderful rest of the evening and remember to live your life with passion.